We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You date me a podcast where me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could rip all my hair out and call me a bald eagle. <laughs> I don't know if you would still date you. Ooh, that one was dumb. Oh no, that was dark. <laughs> I thank you. That voice you hear is the host of the Forever 35 podcast, and she's got a book called. Dead Moms, the Dead Moms Club. It's Kate Spencer. I'll oh, see you before my ECB. And you're wonderful. Oh, wow. Jeez. Thanks. <laughs> Your podcast is so fun. You were I a guest. I did get to do an episode. It was really great. It was so fun having you on. <laughs> Thank you. I still think about it. And also, I really like your leggings. Oh, thanks. They're from one of my podcast sponsors, oh. Fabletics. Ooh, Fabletics. Fabletics. I don't know if they sponsor this podcast, <laughs> no. but they should. They but they're should. really cute. I don't. Do they come in plus sizes? They do. Ooh, I believe. I, I believe that. Fabletics is pretty size inclusive. Oh, okay. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Okay. So before we were recording, okay. you said that your children. You have two adorable girls. Yes. And they had a question for me. They were like, "Mom, you've got to ask Nicole because they are obsessed with you." <laughs> as we've established in the past. And like the best thing about me is that I know you. <laughs> uh, and they were like, can you please ask Nicole if, if she knows if she was mentioned on The Masked Singer and that they thought the penguin was Nicole? Not only did I know, <laughs> I asked for it to be added to my Wikipedia page. Oh, good. And then someone added it to my Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I don't think I've ever been brought more joy than that moment because that show is a fever dream. And I really like it. Would you ever go on it? No, okay. I can't sing. So okay. it would be very bad. And I think very embarrassing for me. But the slow zooms on the audience chanting, take it off. Oh, my God. And then strange, on the right? judges going, who is it? And then the who is it going to commercial break? <laughs> it's, 
it's it makes it it's like a, it's an hour long sketch comedy uh, video. It's wild. It's so wild. And then the costumes are truly a treat. I, I can't like they're insane. Yeah, it's very weird. And my kids love it, mm-hmm. but they don't know who any of the celebrities are. <laughs> and also like um, Robin Thicke made a Monica Lewinsky joke and then my Ooh. child repeated it. And I was like, Ooh. do you know who Monica is? And she was like, no. <laughs> so. It's it's just weird that they even enjoy it. Like they don't know who <sighs> Sherry Shepard is, no. but or that she has been a guest for almost every episode for the past few years. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy is like Sherry Shepard. It's it's obviously Sherry. They'll be like, I'm a football player. She's like Sherry Shepard. It's so strange. And then it was finally Sherry Shepard, and she didn't guess Sherry. Now, I Shepherd. know, and I think it was Jenny McCarthy who said you. Yes. Yeah. My kids also. My kids call her Jenny McCarthy Wahlberg. <laughs> By her first name, I her full name. Really love that they're like, we can't have Wahlberg erasure here. No, she's married to Donnie, and right? they know who Donnie. Yes, they they've gotten like very into eighties culture. That's adorable. How yeah. old are they? They're, they're old nine now. and six, but like full house. The original Full House came into their lives this year, oh. and it like opened. And then also the newer Fuller House, mm-hmm. and it's just like changed their understanding of pop culture. Do they like Fuller House? They love it. Oh, see, I really loved their original Full House, and the Fuller House just seems not complete. Well, I mean, the original three dudes don't live in that. They're just kind of like tangential yeah, they characters like come who in float and out. out. Yeah. And then I was like, you don't have the Olsen twins. Yeah. yeah. This it's isn't, not the same. This isn't real for me. Also, I really like the cup you're drinking out of. It's very big. It's a 32 ounce hydro flask. Oh. Um, that I think is cool with Visco Girls. Oh. Which do you know what a Visco Girl is? No, but I feel like I keep seeing that written on the internet. Yes, it's a very hot topic for internet writers. Oh. It's like teen girls mm-hmm. who walk around in Birkenstocks with a certain kind of bracelet and they carry giant hydro flasks. <laughs> and they also wear crocs. I don't know what it is. I don't get it. I'm 40. <laughs> but this is my How strange. It's my attempt to stay young. Huh. You do look young. Were you working out or is this just a look? No, no. I work. I worked out today. What do you do for working out? Okay. I do all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But today I did L-E-K Fit, which is like a trampoline class. Oh. That if you follow Busy Phillips' Instagram, it's mm-hmm. the thing she does every day. Oh. It's very intense. I really love L.A. because any... Any type of workout you'd like to do, they have it. It's like, you oh. want to roll around and sweat with an elephant? Come to Santa Monica, and you could do just that. And you'll burn 7,000 calories. You'll leave smaller than a peanut. It's so wild. It's so funny. It's so wild. Like, I once took a class where we just, like, beat drumsticks on the floor. <laughs> Probably like we're sweating and your arms probably hurt the next day. It was genuinely challenging. Yeah. I I mean, this class, the whole time I was doing it, I was like, why the fuck? Mm -hmm. Why do I think I I should be here? Uh, And it's very hard. And you are literally just like jumping on a tramp. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, I'd also, I've had children. And so I, um, it's hard for me to jump on a trampoline without peeing myself. Sure. So there's like a lot of that going on of just like, mm-hmm. what if I pee myself? Well, it's okay. You know, it's just my body. What if you wore like thinks underwear? I or don't. Or like an absorbency something? You know, I could wear like a, di- 
a diaper. <laughs> you could wear but a diaper like, and just be that interesting woman in class who makes noises as she jumps. <laughs> just with like just a like, strange crinkle. bulge crinkle. <laughs> I have Thinks underwear. Do you think they work? I I think it's like more than just if they work. I think you have to be comfortable with like the free bleeding experience. Mm. Have you ever worn them? No, I don't know if they come in my size. I I don't know what their size range are. Uh, size range are? Size range is? Size range Who is. knows? Who knows what the correct way of saying that is? I don't know. I don't. I, I, it's not an experience that I loved, but mm-hmm. like me, that I'm like, maybe I should get used to this and just like feel feel my body for what it is. I don't really like a pad, and I no. feel like it would be close to wearing a pad where you're just bleeding out. Yeah, and it's like your whole underwear experience is a big pad. Ooh. I don't know if that's for me. Uh, but maybe I'll look into it. It might be fun. Give it a Google. I don't know. It might be fun. <gasps> might be just like a day you try it. You're staying at home. Yeah, so I just... But then I'm like, I don't want to bleed all over my couches. This is kind of... You won't. You yeah, won't. I'm not going to get them. Don't. This don't is not do it. Me. You I know don't what? have to. Take a stand. You don't. It's not the law. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, so you, you're you a married lady. I am. How long have you been married? 11 years. Dang. That's such a nice long time. It is a long time. And it's nice. And do, were you, obviously you dated before you got married. How many years were you dating before getting so married? So we dated, oh gosh. We started, my husband and I started dating in 2003 and we got married in 2008. So it's five years. Mm-hmm. So a, what felt like a long time at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was 29 when we got married, which also felt old, ah, quote yes. unquote, and now feels like I was like a child bride. Mm-hmm. That feels very, very young. <laughs> well, my therapist says that your brain isn't developed fully until you're like in your 30s. That's why uh, mental illnesses. Uh, pop up in your late 20s yeah uh, early 30s because your brain's not done yet that's fascinating I don't know if we're gonna be bipolar yet (laughs) and at 30 it's like we are (laughs) how does it feel (laughs) like not great (laughs) not great that's interesting all my mental illness stuff popped up in my like late teens 20s Oh, no, I guess early 20s. I guess mm-hmm. they did kind of develop. Oh, geez. Yeah, like early 20s, mid-20s yeah. to like about 30. Like if you hit like 32 and you haven't discovered anything, more than likely. You're the fucking is, clear. you are. Okay. You're fine. Or not fine. Uh, your brain works differently than people whose brains need medication. It's hard to, to use vocabulary. <laughs> that was a very inclusive and uh, because... When you have ADD, you're not like different or wrong or weird. Yeah. It's just your brain works differently. And yeah, I like the way that you've put that. I have OCD and chronic anxiety, mm-hmm. and my brain does work differently. And maybe ADD, but I've just been too lazy to go meet with the doctor <laughs> to get tested. Mm-hmm. My psychiatrist is like, maybe here's a specialist, and I'm like, I'll just like, take the maybe and like whatever. live with that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Anthony, my husband, and I have have been married. It's like it. I, recently I was like, oh, this is a long time. Mm-hmm. Like we're people who have been together a long fucking time. Yeah. And that is what it is. Yeah. That's what a marriage is. That's what a marriage. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. I could imagine being with the same person for such a long time. And then actually you're not with the same person for a long time. You're with a person who's growing and evolving and you're growing and yeah. evolving. And if you don't grow and evolve in the same way, I can imagine 
how fucking difficult that is. You know, in movies when they're like, you're not the man I married. And you're like, wow, she's dramatic. But it's like, no, no, she's actually like onto something because this person is a different person. Yeah, she evolved. And I think I feel like we've been really lucky in that we have both evolved as people, but also like the thing that originally made me adore him Mm -hmm. is still there. And that's what I think keeps a marriage going mm-hmm. is like we're still able to connect in the way that like when we were when I was 23 and he was 27 and we were just like dumb and running around New York mm-hmm. like that still that that sensation and that connection is still there. How did you guys you met at UCB? We met in like a meet cute improv comedy way. Ooh. Like he saw me in a show. Uh-huh. And then I went to one of his shows and one of the the person taking the tickets was like, my friend thinks you're cute. Ooh. He's about to perform. And then I watched a group of all men perform <laughs> trying to figure out which one it was. <laughs> and like there were definitely two who were wearing shorts in the winter. You know, that mm-hmm. type of uh, oh, yeah. white male short. improv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Improv comedian. Uh, and then we became like friendly after. But I was very dumb mm-hmm. and very young and didn't understand like dating or when people liked you. And I was also kind of going through my first, like first and only like, like what's it called? Rumspringa. Oh, you know what I mean? Are you Amish? Not yet, but I had that. (laughs) Look, my life is still young, but I, you know, I was like moved to New York, broke Mm -hmm. up with my college boyfriend and had like a year and a half or two Ah, years of just like, I'm making out with a random stranger. Mm -hmm. So I met him kind of at the tail end of that phase of my life. And then we started, Dating when I was like 23, 24. Did he ask you out or did you ask him out? He asked me out. Do you remember how? Yes, we were at a... This is a very long story. Well, we have time. I mean, I know it's a podcast. We were at a... a, Back in the early aughts of UCB, Mm -hmm. there were these things called company parties that people threw. This was somebody's... It was like John Daly's birthday party Uh slash a company party where everybody had like a a corporate title. (laughs) Nothing made sense. I mean, it, it was yeah. the aughts. It was like at a bar yeah. downtown, and there was someone at the party um, who had given themselves the title the director of hookups. Mm-hmm. And this guy was also hitting on me. So he came over and asked me if there was anybody I was interested in. And I said no because I was trying to not um, engage this person mm-hmm. in like a sexy way. And then he reported that to my husband now. And then my husband was just like, fuck it, and came up and asked me out. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It does make That's sense. kind of a shorter version of a long, weird, drunk night. It is very funny that a bunch of 20-year-olds 20, 20 were like, I'm the director of hooking up. It's and, uh, so late. I'm going to make these people uh, fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> and then we'll do whippets and uh, it's going to be cool. Yeah, improv is, is truly the lamest thing I think I've ever done in my life. And I adore it. I, I do love too. doing I love improv. It. But I just think about my early 20s and I'm like, yeah, we partied pretty hard, but maybe the dorkiest kind of way. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But it was like a very, for me, it felt very, that time of my life was very exciting because mm-hmm. I had never been around so many like funny, brilliant, weird yes. people before. And it ju- it just felt like we were doing the coolest shit in the world. Mm-hmm. Again, it was very dorky very dorky was exciting but it was very cool I remember seeing um just like like the stepfathers or like uh this is very inside baseball yes. but like uh, older teams in New York I would see and I would watch you perform or watch Anthony perform and you would just be like 
my God, how is everyone so smart and quick yeah. and brilliant? And you'd see like Death by Ruru and you'd be like, oh boy, uh, mm, I want that. I want to, I want to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then it felt, it does, there's no feeling like being on a stage, making shit up and then having a crowd like laugh at the thing that you just like yes. said. It's very powerful and like very mm -hmm. ego boosting. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you fail in that same space, uh -huh. it's, uh, it's destructive. It's devastating. Yes. And then, um, for those who don't know, so UCB has teams called Herald Teams. You get put on a Herald Team, and then you make up a half-hour show and then get notes on it after. <laughs> Not, yeah. Which always felt counterintuitive, because I was like, so you're going to note something that I'm never going <laughs> to ever gonna do, do again? again? <laughs> and that wasn't even recorded? So, like, I don't actually remember what you're saying to me right yeah, now? that we're doing for fun. Yeah. But it felt so, it was so serious. I took Ugh. it so seriously. Oh, so and did I. I. And I still feel like deeply passionate about it. And Anthony and I were on the same improv team. Yes. Yeah, which is like a- Wait, which team was that? We were on a team called Ruben Williams together. Yes, 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 Ruben Williams. That then became something else. Well, here- uh, oh. But you guys still do shows here. We do, Ruben but Starship. we're called Ruben Starship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a bit. Uh, was dating an improviser- who was doing similar things to you hard. And did you ever feel like you were in competition with each other? Well, this is, again, very inside baseball, so I apologize to any non-improviser listening. Mm -hmm. But to get on the aforementioned Herald teams, you had to audition. Yes. And then if you made it past that, you got a callback. Mm -hmm. And Anthony and I were in the same callback group. And this was about a month before we started dating. Mm -hmm. We did all our scenes together, and he got put on the team, and I did not. Oh, and he, we had like made dang. a deal that if we, when we found out, we would call each other. And he mm -hmm. found out and knew I didn't get on and didn't call me because he felt bad. <laughs> oh, but honestly, I survived. That's very sweet. Yes. So that is, um, but I don't know, like we don't work together. Like I will, mm -hmm. I will read some of his, he, he and I are both writers now and I will read some of his work and give thoughts and he'll read some of my work. But like, we've never collaborated mm -hmm. on work. And I, I don't think. It would be good for our relationship. And I think that's really great to set up healthy boundaries because there's nothing wrong with not wanting to work with your significant other. I, I guess I'm so like impressed by all these significant significant mm -hmm. others who do work together. Yeah, but you don't know the ins and outs of it. Like that's you don't fair. know if like one goes to sleep at night being like, if I could kill him <laughs> and not go to jail, but still have our script produced, I would do that. So, I, yeah, you don't know what that person's feeling. Also, fun fact, Sashir and I, when we auditioned for Harold Knight, we also did our scenes all together. Shut up. Mm -hmm. And then neither of us got on. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but also goes to show, like... It, for that experience to be a measure of like what your mm -hmm. success is going to be in the comedy world, like it's yeah. not. Uh, look how far you and Sashir mm -hmm. like gone. It's you know. So anyway, I mean, we finally got on. Yeah, uh, you did. You we, made we it. Finally, it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, did you? Are you like a serial monogamist? Um, have you like jumped from relationship to relationship? No, I was like. My first boyfriend I had at 17. Mm -hmm. I went to an all-girls school. I did not feel comfortable around boys. Mm -hmm. Then I fell in love with my first boyfriend. And I was literally in my brain thought we were going to get married. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I was think so, everybody thinks that. Oh, my God. You'll meet someone in high school and they'll be your high school sweetheart. And you'll get married. And you'll have 
20 children and, and be great. God, how fucking, I mean, listen, if that's your life, good for you. Yeah, that sure. would have not been right for me. Correct. Same. Um, so yes. And then I dated the same person for three and a half years in college. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to New York, like I said, I had my brief rum springa mm-hmm. where I like kind, I had for me what was like a promiscuous life, but I've always been very, I don't think prudish is the appropriate word, but like a little guarded when it comes mm-hmm. to intimacy. So like I had a few, I had like, you know, I took a couple lovers, mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> like it was always, I think I'm, I always operate from like a place of fear too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's just my background, but like, I was always certain either like someone was going to murder me or, uh. um, you know, like when I started sleeping with my high school boyfriend, we were both virgins. I was on the birth control pill and we used condoms. Like, do you know uh, what I mean? Like I, yes, I, yes, I yes, kind yes. of existed from a place of fear mm-hmm. um, when it came to my sexuality in my like teens and 20, early 20s. We're very opposite in that aspect. I know. I truly am like, I dare you to try to kill me. <laughs> I dare you to try to impregnate me. I won't do anything preventative, but I dare you. I wonder what that what that is though, because it is like the other know. side of the pendulum, right? Well, I personally think it's a... Uh, We've both uh, lost our moms. Mm-hmm. My mom died when I was 16. And I think after she died, my brain went, well, we're all going to die. Yeah, Throw caution to the wind and truly act like a feral cat. Like <laughs> I was just doing things that truly made zero sense. And friends would be like, yeah. like uh, Anthony Atamanik one day sat me down and was like, Nicole, you got to live a little bit better. You got to not come to work hungover like this anymore. You have to just do better because you're too talented to live like this. Wow. And Anthony is a wild boy who had done a lot of wild things. And then I was like, oh no, if this wild man's telling me to chill out, (laughs) I better fucking (laughs) chill out. Did you take his advice? I later, 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 later when a friend brought it up again and was like, so maybe you don't drink as much and maybe you don't take as many risks in your life. And do you think that all connects back to losing your mom at a Absolutely. young age? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think I lost my mom and then was like, well, and then me and my dad weren't super close. So I just felt like this person who was like untethered. Yes. That was the word that was literally just in my head. Untethered yeah. completely. And sometimes I still feel like that now, but I know that I have like so many beautiful friends who do tether me to this earth, who do love me and validate me as just like a person in the world as opposed to a performer in the world. Uh, And then after my dad died, I fully was like, oh, if you act like a crazy person, like years after he died, like three or four years, I was like, no one's coming to bail you out Mm. if you get arrested again. You have to you have to be a productive member of society who does things other than improv shows. <laughs> you have to do things. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's very really hard. it's really strange in which the way in which grief and loss connects to like how we mm-hmm. experience partners. Yeah. And put ourselves out there sexually and physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just I, I for me, my mom died when I was 27. So I was already dating Anthony at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was actually an amazing, like, partner to go through that with. He had lost his mom four years earlier, so he, like, knew the Mm -hmm. drill. 
Um, so I don't know if I have as much of a connection to like, I mean, I definitely drank a lot after my mom died mm-hmm. and then also tried to con- con- control my, control my world by basically just going on Weight Watchers and losing a ton of weight and having a really fucked up uh-huh. disordered eating situation. Well, yeah. You just grasp at straws as to like, what can you control? Yes. What can you tether with? Mm-hmm. I think maybe I was trying to control being wild. Like if I was the mm. wildest fucking person, then it's okay. And if bad things happen, it's okay because I was acting poorly. Yeah. Well, there's like a freedom in acting wild. Like mm-hmm. like you are, you are like pushing the button of mortality mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. I guess, yeah, maybe I was just like, take me now. Who knows? <laughs> and here you are. Here I am. It didn't work. I'll never die. <laughs> I do feel like I'll live forever, which uh, maybe isn't the best way to live. No, that's where all my anxiety comes from. <laughs> we have to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
you know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to get it off your chest with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp help.com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, and we're back. Do you have siblings? I do have a brother. How old is he? Um, he's Older three years. He's three years younger than me. Oh, okay. Um, was he affected when your mom died? Did yes, he? totally. Yes, we both were. We both quit our jobs and moved home. Oh, okay. To be with her. Although I had like a weird thing where I would go to New York and like hostess at a restaurant on the weekends mm-hmm. and do my improv show and then take the bus back to Boston where my family lived. My brother quit his job completely and moved home. Mm-hmm. He was re- he was younger, so he was twenty three, twenty four when she got sick. And we both just like, my mom's can- had cancer mm-hmm. and it was a very clear diagnosis of like, you're going to die fast. Mm-hmm. So, cause it was pancreatic cancer, um, which man, Alex Trebek really rocking out the pancreatic cancer. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm such a cynic about pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. but he has it. He he's has still going it. strong. He's still hosting Jeopardy. He's still he's fucking out there. Thriving. Yeah. So that gives me, I always like, you know, I look for the people with pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer. Uh, so yeah, we both moved home and were there when our mom died mm-hmm. and it was really intense and, and weird and yeah. great. Death um, is fucking nuts. Death? Nobody explains it to you. No. It's just a thing you have to experience. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always, I feel like even if you know it's coming, it's sudden. 
because uh, yes. suddenly they're not there. And you're uh, like, oh. Yes. It, uh, it, it was very, and it took me, I mean, years to really like get used to the fact that my mom wasn't alive anymore. Mm-hmm. And even still to this day, I'm like, beep, bop, boop. Like, sure, I'm going to call my mom. And then it's like, mm-hmm. no, she's been dead for 13 years. Yeah, I think I'm 33 or 34. Didn't you just have a birthday? Yes. <laughs> I refuse to actually remember it. You said the uh, same. I was listening to an episode of this podcast recently, and on it you were like, I'm about to turn 33 or 34. I don't know. Don't know. So maybe I'm 39. But uh, I, this year's the year that I've been alive longer mm. without my mom than knowing my mom. And I was like, that feels insane. Uh, and then losing both my parents. Like, my sister was affected in a way where she she is a very closed-door person where you really have to knock hard at that door for yeah. her to open it. Uh, and I'm a little bit like that, although my door is like a little like there's a sliver and I'm like, hello, <laughs> my, I might, <laughs> might let you in. Uh, but yeah, dating has been hard because I'm like, well, if I date you and get to know you and you just go away, then what was the point? Ooh, go away, like leave, like break up with me or yeah. actually die. Well, break up. Yeah. Break up to me is kind of is kind of like death. Fuck. That's that, but it's a death in a way where you still exist in the world, which is infuriating. Yes, and I, I, it makes me like actually angry to think about the ways in which a loss like this can then impact mm-hmm. your relationships for the rest of your life. Like it's fucking, it's it's unfair. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it's mm-hmm. something like losing a parent. It doesn't. It's not. Doesn't happen in a vacuum. It affects every part of your mm-hmm. life. Okay, so have you? had a relationship where you haven't felt that way? Um, I've only had like one relationship where I was like pretty vulnerable and told this person a lot of stuff. Uh, and then we didn't end up working out. And then I was like, huh, mm. well, mm, I'll text you. Uh, I'm going to keep texting you until uh, we figure out why this didn't work, which was fully insane. And my therapist was like, I understand why you're doing it. And then uh, I asked him recently to be on the podcast, and he was like, no, uh, uh, truly cannot think of a more terrifying thing. (laughs) And I had texted him. I was like, come to my podcast. It'd be really fun to have someone who never liked me on because (laughs) I wanted him to say that he did like me, which was like an insane thing. No, it's not the same. And I said it, and my therapist, Mary, was like, well, you know what you were doing, right? And I was like, yes. I was being very... uh, uh, devious and trying to get an answer that I wanted to hear. And then he was like, seems like a nightmare. Don't want to do it. But like, happy to talk to you if you don't think I liked you because I did or something to that effect. And I was like, "Ah, that didn't make me feel good either. I don't know what I was looking for. Then I was like, delete his number. Just delete it. It's fine. What are you keeping this number for? To scroll up and read text from when you were okay? That's not helpful. So then I deleted it and then was also driving and was like, what have I done? (laughs) Wait, you deleted it while driving? Yes, which is like not good. It's okay. I should not be on my phone. And then I was driving on the 101 I was like ah, ah but you'll never get the number back <laughs> and I fully had a, <laughs> a little meltdown until I was like you're fine this is fine this is a nice step that you took wow good holy shit that's a big deal <laughs> yeah and then I went through my phone after I parked I went through my phone and deleted all the numbers of the gentleman I no longer speak to and probably will never speak to again wow that's it was awesome. like why why are you holding on to all of this and I'm trying to clear my my love house because 2020 I'm going to meet somebody and it's going to be great. 
I keep saying I've been saying it for about like eight months now. <laughs> I'm like, keep, it's going to be really good. Forward. You, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that is a really wonderful purge. Thank you. They it were, felt good. Well, no, not in the moment. But later, now it feels good. Yeah, because they were taking up space in your life that yes. they didn't deserve anymore. Yes. So that your love house can be clean. You basically saged your love house. Yes. And now it's open and ready for somebody else to uh, come in. Yes, and he's going to be a real dream. I can't wait. He's going to be a treat. I can't wait. Um, can I ask? You have two kids. Yes. Did having kids, because I don't get to interview very many people with children. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. It's not on purpose. But uh, having, having kids does, like, change a relationship. Um, what, what is my question? Did having kids make having a relationship harder? Because now it's three people that you deal with? Uh, yes. It, it makes it hard on, like, on so many levels. It also makes it... It also changes it in really great ways. Mm-hmm. And like you get to see, or at least in my experience, like I got to see my partner in this whole new way. And like now he's off with our kids in Santa Barbara for the night mm-hmm. and he surprised them with like a train trip to Santa Aww. Barbara. And he was like, Are you? And I, I was like, I have to go do Nicole's podcast. He's like, Will you feel sad if you can't come? And I was like, No, like everybody <laughs> get out. Get out of here. I love you all, but like go to the ocean. But, uh-huh. he, d- you know, it's really wonderful to get to see this person that you love, you know, take on this new role. And but it also does. Yes, it completely changes everything. It changes your relationship to yourself, to your body, mm-hmm. to your mental health. I mean, so it's you. Then it's your relationship to your spouse. Then you've got these new humans that are mm-hmm. in your life that like you have to guide through the world. It's crazy. And it's a t- it's exhausting and it's rewarding, mm-hmm. um, but like in terms of my relationship with my husband, one thing we do is we try to go away alone. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, yes, it's like bone time, but <laughs> but like it's just nice to like be together and not be also multitasking. Mm-hmm. Like a nine year old and a six year old's needs. So my, when whenever my in laws come to town or even my dad. We often like just go away for the night and that Mm -hmm. has been a very positive thing for our relationship. I like that. My dear friend who um, she's got a kid and then her husband has a kid and they do, I think like maybe two or three trips a year without them. Wow. Which I think is like kind of short trips. And I was like, oh, maybe that's the key to like having a successful family dynamic is just like getting the fuck away from your kids sometimes. It's like you love them, but like kids are a lot of work. Yeah, and I think you have to establish like boundaries with your kids whether they know that's what's happening or not. Mm-hmm. Like you have to cl- like claim time for yourselves as a couple and as a unit that doesn't involve them. Mm-hmm. And it's so great to do stuff as a family. Like I love doing stuff all the four of us. It's a blast, but like also it's nice just to be with Anthony like not talking about who's going to like make dinner and mm-hmm. who's going to, you know, do homework with somebody and all that kind of shit. It's nice to like, just remember why we like fell in love fucking a hundred years ago. It was so sweet. I love it. We were such little babies. Uh, when was your relationship official? Do you remember? Like, do you remember, was there a conversation or was it just like, Oh boy, we now live together in this wild. Oh, well, we did move in together very quickly in my opinion. But no, I, I remember talking it out and he, and I think he was kind of more ready to be in a relationship and I was still like, what am I doing with my mm-hmm. life? Um, but we moved in together, I 
think after a year of dating. Oh, see, I don't think that's that no, quick. No, it felt quick. I feel like a couple months is rather quick. But then also, I'm of the school, move in with somebody whenever you want because you can always move out. Yes. You can always adjust your living situation. I, I, I think, like, give it a few months to make sure it's someone who you, mm-hmm. like, you can be in a healthy relationship with. And then, yeah, go for it. I mean, our rent got significantly cheaper. So much cheaper. You know? A real treat in That's- New York City. <laughs> Splitting that rent on a one bedroom or maybe a studio? It was a studio. Mm. It was a studio in Chelsea, but we got to move to Chelsea. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Get to be right next to the theater. That's where we were. <laughs> I mean, just always bringing it back to that improv. Gotta love improv. Well, he I, ran the theater too, yes. so it was very convenient for our, our dorky lives. Fun fact sometimes, uh, back in the day, I would call Anthony Improv Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and. Anytime, like, I saw Anthony laugh, I'd be like, ah, Daddy's happy. Oh, that makes, that <laughs> makes me so happy. Because, like, I uh, very much respected his opinion because I thought he was so funny and I thought he curated the theater in a way oh. that I was like, ah, oh, man, everything that's happening is so good. Daddy must be pleased with Daddy's me. Daddy's happy. <laughs> uh, you could tell him I said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, does have a stern Daddy vibe. Mm-hmm. Dare I say a zaddy? Do you know what a zaddy, a zaddy is? Yeah. Is a zaddy like an old hot dad? It's a I would say a man who's in his mid to late forties. Okay, uh, who's very very handsome. And you're like, ooh, ooh, he's more than a daddy. He's a zaddy. He's a zaddy. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I think he could be a zaddy. Yeah, he counts. Yeah, I'll call him. I'll text him that later. <laughs> he's going to be very confused. <laughs> Never explain it. Nope, no. Nope. Just be like, ooh, that's my zaddy. Hey, I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm, Zaddy Zaddy has questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. So you had relationships in high school, in college. Then you had your rumspringa. What's the, not the worst. So, okay, you never did apps or anything. No, because (sighs) I've been with my husband since 2003. Yep. So like, the excitement I feel when my friend, like a friend who's single hands over their phone and lets mm-hmm. me go through <laughs> their app, it is the thrill of my fucking life. That's so funny because it's so exhausting and so sad every time I open the app. I'm sure, like, if experiencing it from a dating point of view, mm-hmm. I can't, like, for me, it's fun just being like, oh, if I swipe right, that they're going to find <laughs> out. Like, ooh. But for an, 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 for an actual way of having to put yourself out there and meet people, I imagine it's exhausting as hell. Yeah, and um, I, I'm i leaning away from doing it. Okay. I just, I don't really have the time to do it per se. And I've just, I recently have had two of the dumbest conversations with somebody. <laughs> so this guy messaged me and then I replied a couple months later because I, I don't know, I just hadn't opened Tinder in a while and then I responded. We started talking. I was like, oh, what a treat. This is going well. And he was like a thousand miles away or something like that. And I said, oh, when are you back in L.A.? He says, oh, I tour with uh, this band I'm in. I don't really come to L.A. that often. And uh, I said, well, where do you live? He was like, uh, Oregon. I said, oh, I'm in Portland a lot. And he was like, OK, when are you in Portland next? I tell him he's like, ah, man, I'm on tour. And I was like, OK, cool. Uh, we're never going to meet. No. Why are we talking? What was the, what was the point? Did I don't, you ask him? No. And I don't know how, 
I guess I, I don't care what his point yeah, was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just fully pointless. I was like, this is just a conversation to get to know our geographical regions. I don't <laughs> just, care. Just pinpoint where we, we are. Care. So then have you had success just meeting people in real time? Uh, no, not really. Because when I'm touring, um, it's, uh, I'm tired yeah, a lot. Yeah. And then, so like the last, I was just, uh, I did Philly, New York, Boston. So I was on a plane every day. So I was like, I'm not going to go out to a bar and then be hungover and then have to get on a plane and then have to work out of a hangover to do a show. And then when I do a weekend in a town, sometimes if you go to a bar that's like close to your hotel or the club, you just run into people who saw the show and then you don't know what people's intentions are Mm -hmm. uh, or they're just like a little weird. And then uh, I do get propositioned a lot. Like uh, at my, I did a live episode of Why Won't You Date Me in Boston, and some of the questions at the Q and A at the end of the podcast were like, "Want to join my threesome?" And I'm like, "No, oh. I don't." <laughs> and then it's a very weird thing where I'm like, "Oh, you want me to publicly reject you?" Oh God, I don't. I've never heard of someone just asking a person to do a threesome and then them saying, "Ah, I've been waiting for that question all yes. day." I was going through my Saturday being like, who's going to invite me to the threesome tonight? (laughs) Oh, you, thank you, let's do it. It's a very transactional thing that's insane. It would be insane if I went, yes, please. (laughs) That's not real human connection. And then went off and did it, that's insane. And I got asked, I think, two or three times. uh, Also, do you feel like there's, like, is it frustrating because you're famous and... You're these people who are asking you are your fans like they're mm-hmm. there because they like you. Is it a little bit like you just are looking at me like I'm a novelty hookup a little yes. bit? Yes, and um, it would be not that I like think highly of myself, but it would be a story for them. Yes, yes. Where for me, it's like oh, I'm just really I, I'd like to connect with somebody. Yeah, I just want to be held and <laughs> I, hold someone. Yeah, I think I've said it before, but what I'm truly looking for is someone I can sit on a couch with not say a word while watching TV and then be like, that was funny. And they're like, yes, that was funny. <laughs> and then we go back to being quiet. And then maybe my phone beeps because he sent me a meme. Oh. And I go, ha, 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 that was a funny meme. And then we go back to being quiet. And then when I'm on the road, I get to call him and tell him about my day. He tells me about his day. And we just are fundamentally interested in each other. Yeah. And that's what I'm truly looking for. I was like, I could have more bad sex with random strangers but I don't think I'm interested in that. So in your like quest for a partner, will you be celibate? I don't think I'll be celibate. I think um, if something happens organically, then I'm fully into that. Um, but I don't think I'm going to be like on the prowl as much mm-hmm. anymore. And I think I'm okay with that because I haven't been on the prowl for, I spent a couple months on the road being like, Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try for it tonight. And it just didn't go well any of the way or, out of three attempts, one was good. Okay, okay. <laughs> Which isn't the terrible odds. One out of three is pretty good. But uh, it was pretty exhausting, you know? <laughs> it's a lot and of energy. The one that actually worked, uh, we talked for so long, and I didn't know if Ugh. it was going to actually happen. And I was like, I don't know how to just be like, can we fuck her? Like, what is happening? So I was like, this is, I don't have the time. I don't have the stamina to do this. Um, but yeah, I um, 
I think I'm okay being celibate for a little bit. I just bought a new vibrator. Yes. What did you get? I think the company is called Linda's Dog. Wait, what? <laughs> really? Uh-huh. And I read some of the reviews last night on a, when I did the live podcast, but it's a... So a friend of mine told me about this uh, vibrator called a womanizer. I have one. So it's a womanizer with a G-spot thing connected to it. So you can make the G-spot vibrate and the clit sucker suck. And then (laughs) sometimes you hit too many buttons and you fall out of your bed. Holy shit, Linda's dog. Uh Uh-huh. Linda's uh, dog. Linda's dog. The reviews on it are like, um, I died. I was resurrected. I don't go to therapy anymore. Um, I'm the happiest person in America. Uh, I don't need a man ever again. Uh, I walk side to side for a week. Um, So the first time, and this was not the first time I saw reviews for this uh, vibrator, but when I tried to buy it, it was sold out. I couldn't find it anywhere. But now it's back in stock on Amazon.com. Oh my goodness. And it's honestly just a real treat. And I was like, well, I could just not have a partner for now and use this vibrator until some nice person walks into my life. And I fully know that someone's not going to just walk in. I do have to do a little bit of work. Yeah. But then also maybe someone will just walk into my life. I think that's possible. Yeah. And I will say, I love your description of what your ideal relationship is. And I, I feel like that is what my husband and I still have, which is like why mm-hmm. we're still married. You know what I mean? Like, yes. cause it is really hard being with somebody for a long time and you mm-hmm. do go through a lot of shit. But like at the end of the day, we can hang out and make each other laugh and mm-hmm. be quiet and not have it be stressful. And it's so, that is, it is a really lovely feeling if that is what you are looking for in your life to have a partner oh, like that. Absolutely. There's, totally. I think nothing more nightmarish than being with someone and being like, I have to figure out something to say to them. Oh, God. Uh, because uh, I, being silent with them makes me feel like they're going to uh, lean over and pick my nose. I don't know. I don't know. Something weird's going to happen. And so you're just trying to have the conversation keep going. And that seems awful. Yeah. I once lived with a person where I was like, I guess I was your day. <laughs> and then everything they said back to me would be just as exhausted. Yeah. And they didn't want to be speaking to me either. And it was just awful. I really, oh, this person. Well, it's like you don't really care. No. And they don't really care. Yes. Yeah, you have to care. I was like, why are we all doing this? This is awful. When my mom died, my dad started dating again and I was mm. trying to get him to date on apps. I don't think Tinder was around, but like, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, Cupid or whatever. Or like kind of, eHarmony. Yes, exactly. And he refused. Mm-hmm. And he met my stepmom at dance class. Oh. Yep. Wait, what kind of dance class was he taking? He Dad? was, he was, no. <laughs> I wish. That'd be fun. Because let me tell you, he is a almost 70 year old man from Boston. <laughs> so, uh, no, he was secretly, Taking dance classes so that he would be prepared for my wedding, for our father-daughter oh dance. Oh, boy, that is so sweet. He's the best. Yeah, it Ugh. was real weepy when he told me. What a real treat. My dad, God bless, rest in peace, would never. <laughs> I would be lucky if he showed up to my wedding to walk me down the aisle. My dad was the least social person. Really? In the, yeah, I think he was just like, what's the point of talking to someone I don't give a fuck about that person. And he cared very deeply about some people, but truly like my mom is a very social person and she would have people over from the church and she loved a big old Easter dinner Mm. and she, Oh, she just loved it. She loved entertaining. And then my dad would just be upstairs until the last minute. And then he'd be like, I have to talk to these people. So what, what do you think connected the two of them? 
Mm, I don't know. Um, my mother was a very, very magnetic person who you could hear her laugh mm. truly from down the street. And she had this big smile on her face all the time. And she looked like um, a cartoon. She was a short, <laughs> a short round woman <laughs> who was like loud and like truly walked with her arms open to be like, give it to me. Oh, I want to hug. Amazing. She was the best. And uh, my dad was like a pretty stoic person who, if you hung around long enough to actually hear him talk, was very funny. Like, wow. and I didn't know he was a funny person until maybe three months before he died. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm glad you found yeah, out. Yeah, it was so wild. Cause like I would pop in, I was living in New York, he was in Jersey. So I would just pop in on the weekends sometimes. And sometimes I'd tell him, sometimes I wouldn't. And he, we, I calmed down a little bit and would start listening to him tell stories. And I'd be like, oh, he's a genuinely funny person. And I guess we're a little too similar. So that's why we didn't vibe very well together. But uh, then I started doing ridiculous things and he would enjoy them. Uh, so like my favorite thing to do was uh, I had to park at the end of the driveway so he could get his car out and I would walk in slow motion to him screaming, Papa. And uh, he would go, why are you doing this? And I'd be like, Papa. And he'd be like, please stop him. Papa. And he'd be like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> and it was just like, he understood the comedy in the bit. Yeah. Uh, and then he would be saying, I don't like it with a smile on his face. He did like it. Yeah, yeah. he loved it. Uh, so we just started to understand each other later. And then maybe he didn't like me because I reminded him of my mother. So I think like after she died, I think we just truly yeah. had that like, yeah. And like, I remember one time I was like, was I adopted? Because I don't really look like anybody in my family. But the older I get, I the more I look like my mom. And he went, adopted? No. Look at your thighs. You have your mother's thighs. Oh and I was like, what a wild thing to say to a person. But I do wow. have, I am my mother from my neck to my knees. Not your face. <laughs> well, my face slowly is starting to look more like Okay. Her. Later, like, uh, since like I'll go to Chicago and my aunts will be like, you look just like Bonnie. Wow, yeah. Like, this is getting crazy. Wait a second. Neck to your knees. Mm -hmm. Who is your knee to your foot? So knee to foot, I am my aunt Sharon. Oh my God. Uh, she's knock-kneed and okay. I'm knock-kneed. Me too. Are you? Yes. Oh, it's I a real noticed. way to be. It's a very strange thing that happens to your body. I look very strange in photos where you can see it. Yes. It's very weird. Yeah. And I try to like move my legs around so you don't notice it as much. But it, it's very strange. And whenever someone's like, Nicole, from behind, I'm like, how do they know it was me? I was like, oh, because... <laughs> Your legs are insane. <laughs> I've never noticed that about your legs. Yeah, they're very, I'm very, very knock-kneed. Oh, and if you don't know what knock-kneed is, it means your knees touch. No matter how much weight you lose, your knees uh -huh. will always touch. And then your the your calves kind of go out in a V. Yeah, your it legs is, look like X's, essentially, yes, like from yes. the outside. Oh, it's a very strange affliction to have. My second child has it very severely. Oh, does she? Oh, yeah. It's very, like, I see it so deeply... It's just how her, I think my mm -hmm. dad, like, it's just weird genetics. You, yeah. Aunt Sharon. Mm-hmm. My mother wasn't knock-kneed, but she had a big old butt. She was five foot two, but if she sat down next to you, she was taller than you. No oh, matter how tall you were. She just rose up on her she butt? Had, like, her butt was just so big. Oh. <laughs> and I got a big old butt. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I wish I, like, when I do finally get into a relationship, it bums me out that I won't be able to, like, call my mom and be like, Mom, guess what? 
Somebody fucks me and loves me. Because she would be like, oh, Nicole, do you have to speak like that? But I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I, that is, I mean, that is a really fucking real part of grief. And I feel like it shows itself in new parts of your life. Like as you get older and more things happen mm-hmm. and you're like, I was to call my mom and tell her, yeah, like tell her I'm getting the dicking of my life. Mm-hmm. And you can't. And no. it's really annoying. It it's sucks. very annoying. It's more annoying than like sad because you're like, ah, fuck. Yes. Yes, I feel annoyed about it all, yes. and, like angry about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you like, if this gets too woo, let me know. But are you, do you ever just like speak out loud to your mom? Like, do you have any spiritual connection in that way? Sometimes. Sometimes if something really great happens and I'm like just so excited about it, uh, when I'm alone at night, I will talk to her and yeah. tell her. And my dad, I'll be like, mm-hmm. I feel like you want to know, too. You, too. <laughs> but I truly talk to them the way I would if they were still here. Yeah. Because my dad, uh, I told this on an NPR thing. It's still funny to me. The audience didn't really like it. But my dad, when we started, like, kind of understanding each other, I had started taking improv. And I was like, can you come to the city and see my graduation show? Because Aww. he hated New York. Would never come. The way he dropped me <laughs> off at college was he put everything in my room and kissed me on the cheek and said bye bye. And I thought he was coming back upstairs and he had left. Oh but, my uh, god! <laughs> he hated New York, so I said, "Daddy, please come to my graduation show." And he said, "Okay, fine." And then he died midway through oh. me taking my first set of classes. And uh, the joke I said was, "My dad would rather die than watch his daughter do object work." <laughs> and. That NPR crowd? NPR crowd. Did not like it. Too dark for them? That was just a little... Uh, but uh, it made me laugh really hard. It still does. That makes me laugh. So I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I also love... I love fucking Gallo's humor so much. Mm-hmm. Like, my my mom and I, like, she knew she was going to die before I ever got married, so we, like, talked about my wedding, and she told me to sprinkle her ashes, have the flower girl sprinkle her ashes down the aisle, <laughs> which I think is so funny, and I tell people who... <laughs> I think that's really she is. My mom had a really good sense of humor and was mm-hmm. very dark and funny. And mm. uh, like people are horrified mm. when I tell them that. And I think it's, it's fucking hilarious. So funny. Also, FYI, I, we didn't do it. You should buried have. her ashes in like a weird can in oh. New Hampshire. Uh, my mom is buried in the backyard of my old <gasps> house in New Jersey. No, which way. feels insane that I'm like. <laughs> some child playing on my dead mom. Yeah, wait, that is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say that is crazy, but that feels crazy. No, it's insane. You, but we should have put it somewhere else. Where was a cemetery plot not an option? Well, she was. She didn't have a will. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad wanted to cremate her because I think he thought it was like ghoulish to like visit a grave. Uh, so we cremated her, and then when she came, also no one tells you that your loved one comes in a cardboard box. And then in like a plastic thing that you cannot open and you will get them everywhere. You're just going to have a dead person, just just yeah. bits of them in, under you. your fingernails and on your clothes. Uh, and then my grandparents were there and we're all like, where do we put her? I don't know. And my dad was like, in the backyard. So then we just sprinkled her over these oh, bushes. Oh, so you sprinkled her. Yeah, we, oh, that's we beautiful. put her over these bushes that she couldn't get to grow. And then... Don't they, say they it. blossomed. Did they like really? Next spring. Yeah. Oh my God. See, I love shit and then, like that. Never blossomed again. That was the, that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, and then my dad, we sprinkled him in Sandy Hook uh, along the beach, which is illegal, but it's like a bike path that he took. And ooh, I was the one who did it. And as soon as I dumped those ashes, a gust of wind came and my mouth was open. 
And I don't think I've seen my grandmother laugh harder. <laughs> and <laughs> truly a full-blown nightmare. Uh, but yeah, cremation is such a ugh, it's curious creepy. thing. It's, it's weird. I have my cat, my dead cat in my house. Like I want to be, I want to be cremated and then put in an urn, and I want to just like live with my family ah, in see, an urn. I have uh, a will where the woman who notarized my um, uh, my trust or whatever, she was like, "You cannot force people to do things for money." And I said, "Can I force people to do things for no money?" And she was like, "I mean, you can put it in your will and have it notarized, but like, oh my god, you you can't." force people to do anything. And I was like, cool, great. I'll type it up. <laughs> so I have a very long list of things that people are expected to do after I die. Do they know? Yes. Okay. I've told them all, but I haven't told them specifically what they have to do. That sounds like a fun a adventure. Fun mystery. And then my poor sister, she's got to do stuff and she's never wanted to do one thing in her life. <laughs> oh, poor she, uh, she's always like, you're not that I'm too much, but I'm too much for her. Sometimes I feel like I've ruined her life. She was a, or not was, she's a very quiet person. And she was born a year and a half before me. Life was great. My mom was mm-hmm. told she couldn't have any more kids. Guess start a raw dog. And then I was like, <gasps> yo, baby, out here. Oh, shit. And then she never really got to speak again. Once I started speaking, I would speak for her. And even now, my grandmother will be like, are you guys hungry? And she'll look at me. And I'll be like, tell her. And then it's because years, it was like 20 years or 30 years, because I didn't realize I was doing this till a couple years ago. 30 years of like this girl never being able to answer a question. And you just talking for her. Uh-huh. And did she finally like address it with you? Yeah, I guess there was a turning point. So I'm not need one of my legs is longer than the other one. So I bump into people if I don't pay attention. And we were in the mall once and I bumped into her and I said, Catherine, God, stop running into me. And she went, it's you. It's you. You run into me. One of your legs is longer than the other one, and you walk in circles sometimes. <laughs> it made me laugh because I was like, "Oh, you've been holding this in for how many years?" Oh my goodness. But yeah, she's a she a good egg. I tried to get her to do my live show in Chicago, and she fundamentally had a breakdown. No. She was like, "Nobody wants to hear me. Why would I ever? Oh. No, I have I have things to do. Goodbye." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Does she have a partner? No, she is uh, currently. Single and ready to mingle. She is too. She's on the apps. She's looking. She's um, uh, she's you know working with her boundary issues. Uh, yeah, and I think it's going well. But sometimes she'll be like, "So I have to go on a date with this guy," and I guess I have to go. I'm like, "You don't have to go." <laughs> like, like Tinder's gonna get mad yeah, if Tinder's she gonna go. be so mad. Your rating will go down. Yeah, I think it's um. We have a hard time finding people that we're, like, willing to invest time in. Because a lot of people are bad. I think most people are not worth the time. Yeah. Especially as we get older, it's like, Oh, yeah. It's like I have very limited time. I got to spend it with somebody who's quality. Yes. I have faith that there's a person floating around who's going to just walk in one day. Okay, thank you. I don't know. I I mean, not to be, again, a woo person, but I just feel like... I, well, I like my stepmom, my stepmom and my dad are married now, obviously, if I'm calling her my stepmom, mm-hmm. um, but she w- had never married anyone. You know, she'd had a series of long term relationships. And I don't want to speak about her because, you know, she's a private citizen. Mm-hmm. But like, I just think sometimes your person comes later in life. Sometimes mm-hmm. they come, you know, and like my dad and my mom got married when they were 20 and 21 and were together mm-hmm. until my mom died. 
And then he tried to date, which was nuts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he found my stepmom and like that was it again for him. I, I don't know. I just think. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes somebody's going to float in. That happens for people. Yeah. My dad started dating after my mother died and he didn't tell us. Oh, boy. Uh, this woman left this very erotic message no. to him on the answer machine and I found it. Then I made Catherine listen to it and she was so upset the whole time. And then I was like, I'm going to ask him about it. And she was like, don't. So then I was like, Daddy, are you dating somebody? And he went, ah, that's my business. <laughs> I was like, but <laughs> your business is our business because you're our dad? Yeah, and you were still like <laughs> teens, right? This was, no, I, had, I was in college at that okay. point. So I think I was 18, 19, maybe 20. What was an erotic voicemail like? She was like, Trevor, I think about you in the shower. Oh my God. <laughs> and I really wish I had recorded it because it was so funny. And then uh, we never got to meet her, but she did come to the funeral, I'm pretty sure, because she wore a tight black dress and was like, Trevor meant so much to me. And then she walked away and me and my sister were like, We've never met this woman before oh, who meant so much to my dad and was like very hot. She was a very hot woman. Wow. Good it for your dad. So strange. It and, is weird. It is weird. It, it just even yeah. like envisioning our parents as sexual beings, yeah, like bizarre. on the prowl. Yeah. But then it's just like, well, they fucked to have me. So I, I mean, know. They, they do got needs. But the fact that like someone was thinking about your dad in the shower <laughs> is surreal. So funny. Oh, my sister was so upset. I've never seen a person angrier. Oh. And I loved it. It made me laugh <laughs> so hard. And he was so angry that we had heard it. <laughs> oh, boy. Kate, we've come to the end. Boy, this was a treat. This was a real dream. Not Thank you so much your for term. doing it. Oh, oh it was a pleasure. Fine. Honestly, I never realize truly how often I say things until people tell me that I say them a lot. Like, I didn't realize I said treat and dream as much as I do. <laughs> but apparently I say it a lot. And then there was something, something else I say a lot. I don't remember. Anyway, do you have anything you want to promote? Oh, uh, you can listen to my podcast, Forever 35, yeah, anywhere yeah, 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 yeah. you hear podcasts. And you can buy my book, which is called The Dead Moms Club, anywhere you can buy books. Yes, 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 yes. That's, yes. that's basically what I do. I talk about dead people and skincare. I mean, is there anything else no. to talk about? Let's just keep moisturizing until we die, <laughs> Nicole. Um, okay, if you like this episode of Oh, Why Won't You Date Me, you can subscribe, you, you can rate it, you can write me a nasty message <gasps> coming on to me, and then I will read it. So this was sent to me in January, uh, and they said, I want you to ride me so hard that you rip, rip off my dick and then use that dick as a strap-on to peg my ass, impregnating me with two beautiful fraternal twins that we love and cherish for the rest of our days. And then yesterday they said... This was never read on the podcast, and I'm sad. So, uh, you better buckle up, because uh, you just got read. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can find another one. Oh, here we go. Sup, Mommy? Trying to send you something obscene, so here it goes. I want to rub Cheeto dust all around your areolas with my own, and then let out a Chester the Cheetah growl <laughs> when we both boob climax at the same... Uh, at the same time, from boobgasming, thanks to Rihanna. How interesting. Okay. That took a turn. It did. And I think that's it. I think that's all I have right now. Ooh, I want you to ton- tongue punch. No, I want to tongue punch your fart box so hard that my tongue comes out of your puss 
Oh and, my God. And eats an entire Happy Meal through your puss. And then I'll put on a condom. Then I'll put a condom on your baby vibrator and buzz your puss till you cream out horseradish. That one wow. it makes me upset. It's <laughs> a lot. I don't. Horseradish? That means you're sick. You got to go to the doctor. Yeah, that's spicy. And chunky? It's just bad news all around. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, oh, God. Yuck. Maybe that's your soulmate. <laughs> imagine. Can you imagine? So gross. Thank you, Kate. Thank you for having me. Oh, baby. This has been a Team Coco production. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.